All right, Raiders. Laura Gargar here, also known as Reduction Raider. How you all doing? So it's been a long time since I've recorded a podcast. My mum sadly passed away in December and I've not actually recorded an episode since. And truthfully, Raiders, I'm not sure when I'm going to do another. It might just be when the universe connects me and another guest as, as they have with our upcoming guests. But there were so many amazing episodes that recorded beforehand. So if you've not listened to them all, please go back and give them a listen. And But without further ado, I've got a new guest for you this week. So let's welcome them on. Welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Oh, good evening. Uh, my name is Robert Straw. I'm the founder of Action Against Food Poverty. Uh, which is an organisation where we support not just the homeless friends, but people struggling with uh, food, mental health issues. At the moment, we have a weekly walk around central London, uh, really trying to support our friends. Um, I'm actually Canadian, born in Canada, moved from Canada to America, moved from America to Jersey, moved from Jersey to Doncaster, where my parents were born. Uh, I'm now in uh, Essex, Cotford. Um, where I'm sales, I have a sales role. I assist my cousin in in sales, um, and helping helping people, just generally helping people. And so, how did you? I mean, well, first it sounds like you've been here, there, and everywhere. You've definitely been about. And, and I mean, how did you sort of get involved with um, helping people with food poverty? Right. Um, a few years ago, I split from my wife. Um, I moved out of the house and probably lived in um, three, four, maybe five different locations within six months. I was always going to buy the ha- family house back, but I found myself uh, friend staying on my friend's sofa, renting a room, staying with people uh, in a in a house, house sharing. Uh, so basically. Uh, I couldn't go home at the end of the day, close the door and say, listen, it's been a bad day. That's it. The day's over. 24 hours is quite stressful. Uh, So that made me appreciate a home. Then, um, obviously, I saw a lot of people where I was living in Essex, in London, that were begging, that were uh, had addictions, that needed food. So basically, I... must have been December 2015, uh, I went to Christ at Christmas at Hackney and I did six days there and it sort of changed my life. Um, I've never really spoken to anyone that I probably deem that have addictions, that uh, suffer from food poverty, but that educated me that that six days. I had so much respect. I learned about myself. I learned that my life was very grateful. You know, I could go home, I could have access to food I wanted, I know food I didn't want, have a regular um, hot water. And at the end of each shift, I got back to Essex about 8 o'clock. I was so grateful, but I closed the door, laid in bed, thought, wow, I've got a home, I've got, I've got stability. Well, our friends at Hackney were going to night shelters, going back on the streets, yes, to being fed. You know, we'd communicate with them. Their, their life was very, very inconsistent. And it's, um, I mean, it just sort of really touched me when you spoke about the importance of having a home and security and regular meals and safety and 
you know, and of course I joined you, um, what, maybe three, four weeks ago now, was it, on a yeah. walk? Yeah, about a month ago, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and actually sort of uh, my friend Sammy and I, and when we was on our way to come and meet you, um, you know, I lost my mum about six months ago, and so, sort of, you know, grieving, and I'd been having just a really sort of low morning, so it was literally in tears on the journey there, and... Um, but there is something I think about helping somebody else that almost like moves you away from that, you know. I mean, Absolutely. I yeah, I couldn't sort of come on a walk and you know start crying to the homeless people and say, "Listen, let me tell you what's going on in my life." <laughs> but I think there is something. It's not. Uh, um, I mean, I think there's something, isn't there? I think there's something in helping others to um, sort of feed something. Excuse the pun, but sort of feed something in you. Um, I think there's something that helps to, uh, you know, I don't want to sort of put it in, I don't want to sort of say put it into perspective because, you know, I don't want to, you know, take away from my grief in any way. But I think, you know, grieving is easier when you've got a house and you've got food and you've got a regular income and you don't have those additional stresses. Yeah, absolutely. I, last July, I had a little um, Staffordshire Bull Terrier puppy who I got the week before lockdown uh, she's 18 months old and she ran out into the road, got run over. Um, she's still alive. I picked her up. Um, I was short, so she's covered in blood. I laid her down and for an hour, it's the worst hour of my life. Uh, if I'd had a gun, I would have done something stupid. I just, my sister lives in the Netherlands. I was crying, I was shouting, you know, for this little dog, you know, she was part of it. And it's probably at a tangent, but, you know, that grief, that grief was raw. And I was supported by people, you know. But at the end of the day, uh, a couple of nights I sat in the garden, I was crying. But, you know, I had I had the foundations of, of, of stability if I wanted it. I didn't, in that time, I probably didn't want the stability. But, you know, I could close the door, could have a bath, cup of tea, you know. That, but if you're, if you're, you know, haven't got that, if you're homeless, if you've got mental health issues and you don't have that stability, of closing the door and basically saying, yeah, day, you've been bad, but let's go home, switch on the TV, have a cup of tea, go to bed. If you haven't got that and you have got grief and you have got problems in your life, absolutely, you, your life is just hour to hour, not day to day, hour to hour, where, you know, I, it would have been unbearable then if, if, if I didn't have stability of a home. You know, with food, it would have been absolutely horrendous. So, you know, there's so much empathy that goes with actually helping people. I think on two on two levels. One, it sort of takes you out of your current situation, whether you're grieving or what, whatever mood you're in that day. It takes you out of that, and it, and it and it gives you a sense of responsibility, and I think a sense of purpose where. Mm. You go to someone, we, we use the food as, the, as a catalyst to speak. So, you know, the cheese sandwich, the toilet bar is a way of saying, hey, how's your day going? And, and people engage with that and we listen and we talk, you know, and we've now got a, a lot of, probably about 10, 12 friends on a Saturday, we engage for 10 minutes and they tell me what's going on and what's their life and we listen, have a bit of banter about football, you know. And when we leave, when I, when I leave that person or persons, they're in a better place because someone is basically saying, hey, you know, we're not we're not going to abuse you. Just because you're in the situation you are, we're going to show respect. We're going to talk to you. We're going to treat you as a human being. 
we're not, we're not going to treat any special. We're just going to treat you as like we're speaking or we speak to your friends or your parents. We're just going to speak to you like that because we have respect for you. Any reason that you decide that you show us no respect, we're just going to walk away. You know, we're not offended. So I just think for, for those two or three hours, we become, um, you know, a slightly different person, you know. But after every Saturday when I get home, so it's, I live in Essex, so it's it can be between two, three hours, depending on trains, get back to Colchester. So I get home. I generally... You, you take on the feelings of the day, so you will watch some crap TV, you know, whatever, have a, have a cup of coffee and just really chill, you know, and that night you always think, yeah, I can close the door, you know, I, I can go to bed at 11, you know, have a sleep, get up in the morning, do your bits, go shopping, I can do that, but a lot of the friends that I've spoken to that day can't, you know. Um, so I always, always have gratitude. I think if you, if your life is bad, if you've got the gratitude for your life, your friends, your relationships, anything, gratitude just makes life a little bit better and empathy. So if you can take those forward, you know, it makes the world slightly better, but a slightly better place, you know, certainly just for me. Well, absolutely, because I guess, you know, we're still describing and sort of talking about people that will be, uh, you know, sort of suffering the same hardships as you and I. So it's not to sort of say they're not dealing with additional stresses of grief and loss and relationship difficulties and sort of, like you said, mental health and low mood. It's just they've also got the added pressures of also, you know, not having a safe home and um, not knowing where next meal is going to come from and sort of not having their own liberty and money and... um, and actually, sort of one of the things that was so sobering in doing that walk with you is the invisible homeless, because you know, sort of walking with you guys, you know, it's used to helping so many people, and um, and I forget what the park's called, but you know where we went to, and they have the um, pop up showers, and they had shower like, yeah, and yeah, 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 and so you know the amount of people did. And I think had I been in Covent Garden for any other reason that Saturday morning, I don't think I would have noticed half those people because I think you no. get you get caught up in your own life, and I would have just yeah. been doing whatever it was I'm doing, whether it's like I don't know, looking to go and get coffee, or go into the shops, or go and see a show, or whatever it is. I would have been caught up with like sort of what I'm there to do. That, you know, I would have walked past so many people without really noticing them, and also, and I think because it's it's difficult and you feel helpless and it sort of, you know, triggers uncomfortable feelings. I probably also would have like sought to sort of look the other way because it can be uncomfortable. And particularly in this day and age where we're so used to having like our bank cards on our mobile phones um, that we don't often carry cash. So I might, you know, so it might have sort of just triggered that uncomfortableness of, well, I don't have anything to give. There was a situation on Saturday where I was I'd just gone to past the Tottenham, uh, Tottenham Court Road down Euston Road. There's a big issue seller called Christina who absolutely loves uh, the lemon drizzle cake that's made in Essex. Anyway, she wasn't there. I know I caught an eye of this this girl and she got what notice that she got amazing um, olive green like bomber jacket and a really pair, cool pair of like. Um, tracky bottoms. Anyway, I caught her eye and I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to look. Anyway, she turned around and someone had hit her. So her, her nose had absolutely exploded. And she she was in quite, she was holding it together, but, you know, teetering. 
So I said, you're right, so we've got any money? I said, no, but I've got a bag of food. So we had uh, two um, uh, French steaks, we had some homemade cake and chocolate. I said, thank you so much, you know. I said, there we please take it. And, you know, from, from her being probably in a bit of a state, yeah, probably hurting, you know. We did, we did, I didn't do anything, like, um, to alleviate the pain of the punch, the abuse. All I could do was give her some food. So we had, you know, how are you doing? Yeah, thank you. And she got the bag and she's like, eating half oh, toilets bars, you know. And that that was that that made Saturday's walk because uh, I was on my own. There's no one with me. Just made it so worthwhile, you know. And you know, we, as we're walking around the streets, we see a lot of friends we know. And cause what action and action against food probably is trying to do, we're trying to support individual people rather than trying to cure everyone's problem so we support regularly 25 people per Saturday so if we see people that we don't support I generally have tonics bars or we have some um, penguins and we give them those but you know people that we see regular we have uh, homemade sandwiches cakes whatever and uh, again on Saturday uh, the American church there's four regular guys and uh, I was there 20 minutes and we just I sat down and was just bantering and people coming along, yeah, you got a sauna, yeah. It was really, it's really calm and relaxed. And, you know, and it was 20 minutes and I said, sorry guys, but you know, I, I, I don't want to miss, um, I've got a couple of regulars, no, no, no. You know, so, you know, we, we, it, it, that that just makes a Saturday, just chatting to people. But you learn so much from these guys, you know, just cause they're, just cause where they are, they've got skills. One guy has been in the circus. I mean, oh, he's wow. like a performer. The other guy was actually volunteering. Another guy about football. He can talk anything about football, and he knows about it. So you know, I learn stuff. So it's a bit of give and take. So you know, they have the bits and pieces. We start giving stock Scotch eggs, and he absolutely loves Scotch eggs. So basically, I came away on Saturday. You know, I've, I've, I've seen these four guys at the American Church, and seen the girl, you know, on a Euston Road. And I just felt, yeah, I made a bit of a difference, you know, you know. But you, and as you go along, you, you recognise people of different stages of, you know, of, of, of need. People that have got addictions, who, you know, a sandwich or a chocolate bar won't won't make any difference. But you have got people that, hey, I want to talk to you. I'm not spoke to anyone probably for two or three days, you know, uh, people sort of come and go and they have a little hidey holes and they get bits and pieces and we stop and chat. And, you know, if, if, if we're near a McDonald's, we buy them a cup of coffee and we look after four or five dogs, which is important. And what we found lately is a lot of our homeless friends, dogs are stolen. Dogs is a trophy uh, for begging. So if you've got a dog, people are more likely to give you food, money, etc. Uh, and there's a, a lady called Bonnie, a, a girl who's got a dog called Bonnie. And Bonnie was stolen for five months by another homeless friend, uh, taken inside of London. We saw Bonnie a couple of weeks ago, and she's a 10-year-old staff, and I've got a 10-year-old staff. So he carries some, like, uh, foil dog food. So, yeah, Bonnie, she knew me, she had that. Uh, and uh, she, the girl, unfortunately, she was uh, had a heavy night on, on heroin, and she was quite... So I just left, I uh, left some sandwiches and Bonnie, hi Bonnie, you know. And there was another one called Trixie over at South Hall. Um, Trixie's uh, eight-month-old pup, shared between uh, a guy called Paul, who's ever so nice guy, but he, he drinks a lot, and an Italian guy. So basically, Trixie, an Italian guy, shared a dog for begging. And we have a guy, a dog called Bruno, I think, on the walk you met Bruno. 
Um, so cute, yeah. I met Bruno. Uh, then we have one called Lucy. Uh, then we have uh, there was another one we don't know the name. So you know the dogs, and we we see the relationships where the people and the dog does go together. So you know we actively support five dogs actively. We know the names. You know we're giving food. We have little foil containers. They have a little meal. We have a little chat. We can treat. So we can see the relationship between. A homeless friends and the dogs because that dog is you know is is like dogs never let you down dogs don't lie to you dogs are faithful so if you're in a if your life's sort of all over the place if you have a stability of a dog you know and yes you have to look after the dog that that gives you a little bit of a little bit of an island within your life having a dog you know someone to sleep with someone maybe protect you you know so that that's we see that importance of uh not only supporting our homeless friends but actually supporting uh supporting our four-legged friends as well absolutely and i mean you've spoken about sort of using food as a catalyst to conversation can you tell us a bit about your current relationship with food? Yeah, yeah. I've um, as a kid, I was fat. I was a fat kid. Um, my mum was an alcoholic vegetarian. My dad was a meat and two veg man. So my childhood, I basically ate what I wanted and put a load of weight on. Um, probably sixteen, seventeen, um, I sort of lost the weight and had the desire to like just eat decent food. So probably. I got married um, when I was when I met my ex-wife. I was probably fourteen and a half stone. When when but my heaviest was um, the beginning of the year that we divorced. I was nearly twenty stone. Um, my wife was five ten, size twelve. So somehow I put all this weight on. So anyway, I decided nah, this is no good. Forty two inch waist is no good for me. So I went to Slimming World. And um, I quickly got rid of three stone, then we broke up and the rest of it came off fairly quickly. Um, probably a year into um, speaking for my wife, I got really into running, into biking, uh, into like all kinds of, um, uh, all kinds of uh, athletic pursuits. So basically got a, a friend who's a nutritionist so i said right this is what you need to be eating you know uh, a balanced diet not good fats whatever so I, I i took that and i was doing 150 miles a week on the bike i did london marathon i did a couple of uh ultra uh half ironmans so i did that so basically um it was fine if i wanted to if i wanted to pick out on a wagon wheels i'd do that uh, at the time I was drinking probably Friday night, a bottle, two bottles of wine. Um, anyway, since lockdown, I've lost I've lost the appetite for wine. So my my relationship with food is, is 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 good at the moment. So generally two meals a day, balanced meals, no snacking. Probably the only thing I probably excess is coffee, but I drink water. Um, so it's just base of um, a planning, a planning what you're going to eat for the week, shopping for that, and, and, and sort of just respecting food, you know, because food can make you ill, food can make you healthy. You know, it's your choice how what you consume and how you consume and the amount of it, you know. But it's important that I'm, I'm now around about 14 and a half stone, I've got 34-inch waist, and I'm happy with that. So 
you know, I, I've got, I know the tools to keep the weight there, and I know, I know that obviously the the pitfalls of, of you know putting weight on. So yeah, it's good. I'm happy. I enjoy food. And I mean, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Our relationship with food and our bodies can be so complex, and um, you know, and I guess sort of fuel so many different needs. Like I'm thinking about what you're saying about doing the Ironman and the London Marathon and the biking events, you know, so I guess needing, really needing sort of food to fuel those events, but also it sort of sounds like it's been a source of comfort at times when you're sort of going through a divorce and and perhaps um, in some ways as well, it was sort of symbolic of a bit of a chaotic childhood, it sounds like. Um, So I guess sort of food has so many different symbolisms and meanings. and what sort of struck me as you were speaking, and I was just wondering whether the main difference between like your current relationship with food and your past is that it sounds like something's more balanced now. Um, you know, you sort of describe being sort of happy with where you are now and reducing alcohol and drink, eating in sort of moderation. Um, yeah, do you think that's sort of fair to say? Yeah, I think I think when when I was when I was growing up, my, there was no real. My mum was a really good, she used to do really nice jacket potatoes and pizzas, you know, and my dad would like just generally meat and two veg. You, that, that's the food we had. So if I want to eat biscuits, I, I, I ate biscuits. So there's no nutritional guidance <laughs> from my parents, you know. There was no on both scales. So my mum was having, you know, she, she wasn't eating meat. She was eating quite a good balance, but unfortunately abusing alcohol. My dad was having, like, just a basic, bland British diet. So, you know, I, I sort of I had no guidance from, from my parents. But I think once once I started losing the weight, I thought, wow, you can imagine, you know, you've lost five stone. Crack on. You've got a nice pair of 34 pair of trousers on. And then... You know, I learned about nutrition. You know, I, I learned about what was good for me and what wasn't. Obviously, you know, chocolate, lots of carbs, lots of chocolate, lots of processed food is is, is not going to is not good for you. It's amazing the amount of young women I see now, probably from the age of sixteen, mid twenties, that are probably two, three, four stone over their ideal weight you know and and how and how they move and you know and you think you're in mcdonald's you're eating that so you know what will be the catalyst to say hey this is enough you know will it will it be ill health will it be you know i want to get married you know to for people to say enough's enough you know and it's processed food you know i i can i'm i'm not a manual worker so i generally have one or two meals a day. That does me. I don't need any more. It's good quality. So my breakfast is avocado, um, spinach, rocket, um, kimchi, beetroot, and some sort of protein in regards to eggs fried in coconut oil or mackerel in in oil. So basically, that that sets the breakfast up. Um, I have plain water with vitamin C powder in there. Then lunchtime, I'll probably have another form of protein, or, or later day, another form, form of protein with spinach, kimchi. So that, that satisfies me with plenty of hydration, you know, and that keeps me as I want to be, 
you know, I do, I, I do, I've, I've sort of got an exercise routine. I walk the dog a lot. So I'm you know, happy with that. But, you know, you see in society, especially going to McDonald's, and, you know, there's, there's kids that are probably six, seven or eight, nine, are, are quite overweight, but obviously their parents uh, probably struggle to buy good quality food. So um, a happy meal and a milkshake, you know, that's probably the better, a cheaper option of, you know, of, of, of maybe the fight to get broccoli down them or, or, to, um, or, to, or to have a consistent, healthy regime. But uh, my kids, that's one thing I was quite keen on my, my kids when I was married is to say, you know, yeah, you can have, it's a treat, chocolate's a treat, you know, but the, the routine is healthy food, good quality healthy food and not too much snacking. And that, that's the problem, you know, it's all about insulin, isn't it? We put on weight because when we eat, we, we, the pancreas uh, secretes insulin and insulin uh, stores fats. So and the more you eat, the more snacks you, ha snacks you have, the more, the more likely to store fat, you know. But I just think it's education, you know, education. As when I go shopping, I have a plan for the week. So basically, I know exactly what I'm going to buy. If something is dirt cheap, I don't want it, don't buy it, you know. If it's free, I wouldn't have it. So it's having that plan and sticking to that and not being seduced by any bog off offers, anything like that. It's having that plan, you know, and and it's it's been sustainable. You know, once you get used to that routine, as you see people go in and there's a, a woman with three three massive white baskets at the at the checkout. And it's like it was uh, crisps and it was single use plastic water in single use plastic bottles. You know, it was all refined food. You know, and you just think how how how, how sluggish that makes you feel. If you eat decent food, you feel good. You know, if you quality unprocessed food. Bosh. If I had a, like a, a, a takeaway meal, just feel so sluggish, you know, and, and, and people, and it is hard at the moment, you know, it is hard for everyone. Uh, and we've seen that on the streets, we see more people um, which we wouldn't see, um, who are not homeless, but to say, I can't afford lunch today. You know, I either breakfast, and dinner and no lunch you know we see that so we're supporting so it's not just the homeless friends it's, it's students cotton road sweepers we we uh, regular uh, support um three or four maybe more uh, unemployed people that we don't ask questions but you just get a flavor i'm not homeless but obviously they, they approach us because they're, they're struggling to feed themselves you know um, and we, we just want to support those people and we chat and you, you can tell after having given a sandwich and just talking to someone, how's your day going? And you just get get to know the football team or something and you have that common thread and that, that, that builds the conversation every time you see them. You know, like the, the, the our friends at American Church, we know there's a couple of West Ham supporters there. So I'm a Chelsea supporter, so we sing Chelsea songs, so we have banter. We know the guy in the circus, so, you know, we have that. It's important to get a, get something that um, you have a common connection with and, it's, you know, chat about it. You know, it's, it's, it's all about talking. It's not the food. It's just about talking to people. Like, we're talking, you know. I'm enjoying the talk. We're, we're talking, you know. It's good. It's good for our souls. It's good for our mental health to talk, you know. And listen, talk and listen. Yeah, you're really spot on, you know, and I think that's a difficulty, isn't it? It's like, I guess if sort of we're feeling low or we're struggling, that the, um, 
tendency at times can be to sort of withdraw or shut down and not share how we're feeling. But I think, like you said, there's so much catharticism in talking and, you know, and again, I love that saying, coming back to sort of conversation being a catalyst, or sorry, food being a catalyst for conversation. Um, you mentioned there that you sort of plan out what you're going to buy. Is that something that you do well, then, in terms of reducing food waste? Absolutely. I think, you know, food waste, and I've been guilty. I've been guilty when I was married, I've been guilty for food waste, and that breaks my heart. You know, it's such a, a the resources produce the food we, we eat, and, and we throw it away. So I have zero food waste zero food waste so basically i plan uh i shop on a sunday so i plan the week what i'm going to have so uh, in terms of source of protein uh with uh veg um and it, it's spot on not nothing's ever wasted and basically i find if i if i over consume that, that's it until the sunday i don't tell i'll go and buy some more food you know it's a case of on the Sunday, if you're going to eat more, buy more, you know, so that really works for me, really, really works. Uh, try and shop later in the day because it's some, you know, if there's any food that I, I eat, um, a lot of um, spinach, uh, a lot of um, some of the fruits uh, that are basically coming um, after probably 12 o'clock, they go on to 35% off, so we look for a little bit of a bargain. You have uh, a yellow sticker here. Yeah, that, absolutely, you know, look for that. But uh, uh, kimchi's good for me. Kimchi's really good for um, for um, gut health. It's really good. So that's quite expensive, uh, but it's something that I have with every meal. It's really good for you. Uh, as regards to the beetroot juice, well, as in the bike, beetroot juice has got nitrate, so it actually opens your arteries out, so it allows more oxygen in. So that, that helped me. Avocados, if you consume one avocado every day, it's 21% uh, less of having a coronary attack. I have spinach, which has got a lot of um, magnesium and, and uh, uh, potassium in there. Drink a lot of water, have a water filter. Absolutely hate, hate, hate single-use plastic. Absolutely just can't, we don't, we don't do single-use plastic. Um, I have a, a really good coffee, you know, um, and the dog, my dog, my dog eats, he has, he has tuna, he has eggs, and also he has grain-free uh, dog food. You know, there's no waste for that. There's absolutely no waste. It's, you know, it breaks my heart, just just waste. We used to go to a local farmer's market uh, in Essex. There's quite a few around here, and the food is amazing, but it's just so dear. It's just so expensive now. Um, and basically... I just think it's it, it, it can't be justified, you know, where the local little, the local oldie, um, they have like um, food boxes with like one pound fifty, which has got a selection of, of bits and pieces. So a lot of families buy that, you know, and a lot of families are budgeting now, and not only cost times are hard and cost of living is going up, but I think they people really respect their health. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. You know, if you're a billionaire, you've got loads of money, your health's crap, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's keeping weight down and it's looking after your body and your body looks after you. you know, it's respect, um, be mindful of what you eat. You know, think about what you're putting in your mouth, you know, just shove chips and McDonald's in. If you think about it, you know, and I've, 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 I've tried the vegan um, lifestyle and it was, it was good. I just found it somewhat unsustainable in, in regards to my love of fish, eggs, 
don't really do a lot of dairy. Um, so they they were the main main sort of not issues. They were the main foods I was missing. So um, I try I try and not eat meat. I don't really I don't like poultry. The only meat I really like was pork or beef. You know, so I, I'm not a I'm not a great lover of that. I use coconut oil for cooking uh, or a good quality olive oil. Um, so it's all sustainable. But I think that the the thing about food is planning, planning when you buy it and what you're going to buy. Sticking to that list, I'm not going in and buy seduced by early offers. I've come in for this. That's what I'm going out with. I think you do that. I think you you it's greatly reducing uh, food waste because especially with fresh food it's easy to buy overbuy. I mean, next thing it's gone off like avocados. One minute they're lovely, next thing they're black. You know, so uh, you know, and like you said, it's sort of you can get so many offers when you go into stores like buy one get one free or free for two or this or that that you can lose sight of actually what you went in the store for. And I think like I said knowing what you're buying and what you're going to do with it. Is there anything that you want to do more of in terms of reducing food waste? Um, I think at the moment, I'd, I'd, I'd like to buy more local produce, probably not related to food waste, but to buy more local Essex-grown produce rather than buying stuff that's flown in from Spain, Greece, whatever, to do that. I think um, I think as as I've it's it's a subject that I've I've sort of contemplated. Many times, you know, when I've seen spinach and I've thrown it out and I think, no, it's not going to happen again. So my, the main thing is having a plan and sticking to it. You know, that's what I want. That's what I need, you know. And, and being wary if stuff is, you know, on the customer going off. Well, you do buy yellow stickers, you know, make sure you use that. You know, oh, yeah, bought it just because it's cheap and it, you end up chucking it out. It's not cheap. So I think it's mm. it's planning, education, you know. And I, I sometimes, it depends what mood I'm in. When I see people loaded up, loaded up with single-use plastic water, you know, massive great containers of it, you know, and I, I generally depend, I say in a positive way, but generally it's not received well. It's not received, you know. But I bought a water filter about seven years ago, and because in Essex the water's very hard, you know, but it's it's lovely. I keep it in the fridge, you know. It makes coffee. It's, it, it, you know, it, it makes a good. It's nice drinkable water. I won't buy. I won't buy uh, water out of plastic bottles. You know, very we're very lucky that uh, Leho, uh, a company, donates water in recyclable cardboard uh, containers, which our friends can reuse. Um, and also, we we managed to get some um, water in tins, um, which which is again is good. But I wouldn't I wouldn't take out single use plastic, anything from straws, anything like that. It's just just it's grim. We're just killing the planet, you know. Um, and the food we have, we have a good quality um, brown bread. We use good quality olive spread. I buy the best cheese. I buy the best ham. Uh, we have homemade cake, we have lemon drizzle cake, and we have homemade fruit cake by two lovely ladies in Cotford. And that, that's good quality. And it's, it's, it's homemade. So, you know, when you when you get a bit of cake out and it's in some foil, it's not in a packet from Sainsbury's or Tesco's, whether that people just, people, you can see people. And we have so many people now just re- requesting the cake. It's sort of, we, we generally run out, but they can see that, We've gone to the effort of someone's made this cake for them. So there's some love in the cake. 
and they, they appreciate that rather than us getting a load of pre-made cakes. Chocolate bars is different. You know, we, we have you know, the tonics bars, we have the wagon wheels, which people like, the cake and the sandwiches. The sandwiches we have are massive, great thick ones, so all you need is one, and it's like a meal. So, so coupled with people seeing that, you know, it's sort of sending the catalyst to talk, and we have a chat, and we have a tonics bar, you know, and we, we, we push the conversation that each walk as, as far as we can go with that person wants to go. We know, we know people that they do drift away, but at least we've spoken to them. We, we've made the effort, and it's generally our friends will, will end the conversation. You know, I'll, I'll talk to someone for an hour. It's, it's no problem, but that's, that's what I'm here for. We're here to talk. We're very lucky on this Saturday's walk. We have a, a student from Essex University uh, is a mental health student and basically he's going to come on the walk and you know we, we want to we want to support people in in, in mental health in other ways you know we're, uh, we've only been going since March so we, we want to expand the pe- one of the people we see and two of the people that come on the walk uh, and that that's 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 where that's what we want that's our aim you know to connect with people and so what changes would you want to see in the world? I mean, I'm hearing you loud and clear around the single-use plastic, um, uh, you know, food poverty, of course. Like, so what changes would you think you would want to see in the world? I think the, the, the main thing is affordable food. Mm. Is affordable food, which competes with gone by the Big Mac from, uh, from McDonald's, you know. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of Germany, Aldi, are, are trying to drive that down. Uh, I think more education. I think people need more education, you know, because a lot of a lot of you, know, you can make. Jamie Oliver did uh, uh, some recipes where he only need five ingredients to make a really healthy meal. Five ingredients, you know, and I think it's been, especially with children, is setting setting boundaries with children and saying, you know, this is what we're going to have. You know, mum's been to local supermarket. Yeah, some is from Essex, some's from abroad, you know, but having an education and, and kids, you know, being aware where the com- food comes from, you know, how many air miles to get a sort of tomato from Greece, you know, when you can have, uh, when it's uh, grown down the road in Essex, you know, I think people are aware of that. And it allows them to make a choice, you know, it's mm. people's choices to, to say, yeah, you know, I want to save the planet, we want to make a difference, we want to cut the uh, carbon footprint. Uh, footprint down you know but i've you know i've got to take responsibility of, of what of the food i put in my mouth and where i buy the food you know we have a choice you know and, and not just to take the kids to mcdonald's and have happy meals you know you sit down and, and i think if you are a family the best thing a family can do at the end of the day sit down homemade homemade meal and basically talk about the day you know how's your day be you know we've got a really good quality meal we've got some protein we've got some uh we've got some vegetables and we've got a nice uh, healthy um pudding and we've got some water we can talk you know but people lead busy, busy lives and people's that's not a priority but i think it should be you know food sleep sleep's another one if you eat well you sleep well and we need sleep to repair so we need a good eight hours to sleep, for our bodies to repair, for our bodies to dream, to go through the day, you know, and, that, and if you're eating bad food, if you're drinking lots of alcohol, you know, you're not, that sleep's not going to be any good for you, for you mentally or physically, so, you know, it's taking responsibility, you know, is, you know, we've got the internet now, so you can, you know, you can research what's good and what's bad, you know, we can, 
it is, and especially parents, parents with young children taking responsibility and sort of say, you know, this is the way we need to go. Yeah, and I guess like you said, you know, if people are informed and they can make choices and, you know, and it makes it easier to do that, um, I guess almost that saying, you know, when you know better, you can do better. Um, and talking I, I, of... The, sorry, sorry, go on. I think, I think if, even, even if you, your skins, if you've got no money, you know, you are struggling, you can make choices to eat well. I really believe that. I think it's been so much what Jamie Oliver's done and, you know, what, what other people have done is, you know, you can go and buy some, some mints and potatoes and make some pies. I think there's no excuse for people not eating well, you know. Uh, look at some people spend more on a mobile phone contract or a Sky contract than they spend on food, you know. And that's another thing that uh, Action Against Food Poverty wants you to do. We want to we want to support uh, an inner city uh, primary school breakfast club, where there's a lot of lot of teachers are finding children coming to uh, school haven't had breakfast. You have no breakfast, you can't concentrate. You know, a lot of life's problems start a childhood. You know, if not feet eating properly. So what we want to do is we want to have a consistent funding, so we can say, hey, we go in there and we have some good quality bread, some jam, some marmalades, some cereals, but not too much sugar, good quality milk, and sit down with these guys and say, you know, this this is, we're all part of a team, you know, we want to encourage people to talk, you know, have a chat, nothing deep, just, you know, talk, respect each other, but we see that as a foundation of sort of moving moving people's lives forward, no matter what goes on at home, if they can sit down, get to school with a mate, nice bit of toast, bit of peanut butter, you know, life's a good one. Who can say no to peanut butter, eh? Yeah, a bit of peanut butter, a bit of peanut butter on some toast, yeah. Juice, it's all good in the hood. No, 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 no sort of uh, hash browns and all that, all that malarkey. Just good quality food and say, you know, and you have brown bread, you think, oh, you have nice, maybe some grass fed butter, you know, you have that on you, just bang. What a start to the day. You know, school, they've had no, they've had no food, they've had a chocolate bar and they go in and the teachers have got to try and educate these kids that are hungry. And mm. you've, got no chance, you've got no concentration. If no. you go in and they've, they've a good start to the day, they've been with the mates, had a bit of breakfast, had a bit of banter, bang. You know, it's all smooth, good. Smooth or crunchy? Oh, definitely crunchy. All day long. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's got to be. <laughs> I'll be a bit of crunchy, get in your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah, up for yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, you need something to get your teeth into. <laughs> um, and if people want to sort of join you for a walk or support with the um, setting up the um, project in the school, so where's the best place to find out about Action Against Food Poverty? We, we've got a really amazing guy um, doing a website. Unfortunately, he's ill at the moment. So um, we that that's that's sort of um, going to come in a couple of months, couple of weeks, couple of months. We're not sure, but basically is to go to the, our crowd crowdfunder, which is www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash action hyphen against hyphen food poverty or we've got an email and the email address is uh aafp19 at aol.com 
And you guys are on Instagram? We're on Instagram. Instagram is action hyphen against hyphen food hyphen poverty. We 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 just wanna we 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 wanna get as many people from many different backgrounds and many different skills to come on the walk so we can we can we can uh, enrich people's lives with but not just give them soup in a sandwich. That's the, we're not about that. It's not soup in a sandwich. There's a sandwich, but we want to talk. We want to talk. We're going to listen. And we've got different people, like we've got the guy with the uh, the mental health student coming with us Saturday. He's going to listen. You know, we just we want we want to give more. We just want I just want it to. Then we want people that come on the walk, look at their local area, say, hey, maybe I can go and buy some Kit Kats and have a little wander around and a bit of random act of kindness and just spread a bit of love. And you, if you find that if people are kind it spreads, the kindness spreads, it, it's, a, it's like a, a mindset, you know, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to buy that guy a coffee, I'm going to do this, I'm gonna, it, it just it just basically creates a lot of a lot of stability. So basically, when we finish the walk, yeah, I'll come home and we'll go, go for it. But I'm always looking at, obviously, getting uh, volunteers to come on board. We're looking for corporate, couple of corporate sponsors that could uh, fund the uh, the Breakfast Club and give us a little bit more stability. But hey, you know, we we got a we got a nice article in the in the big issue, uh, which got a lot of a lot of press and it raised quite a few quid as well. And there's a bit of kudos because we've only been going uh, for um, uh, since March. That's good. So it's all about sort of banging the drum, just saying, hey, this is come and join us, come and do a, come and. Come do a walk with us on a Saturday. See what we're about, you know. Just, just enjoy it. Just come with open mind, you know. And you know, our friends we see, we know most of them. I know most of them. We have a bit of banter. Um, if if there's anything that we feel uncomfortable, we just walk away. We just no, there's no arguing. We just walk away and just leave them to it. And it very rarely happens. Sometimes someone's probably on some substance or whatever and that they say something but we just walk away but you know we 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 have now got a guidelines now before anyone comes on the walk we we have a guideline which we email unfortunately that wasn't when you did the walk that wasn't we didn't have that we have now that now so people can ask questions and you know makes them feel safe but it's it's you know like you found it's it's two, three hours of just, you know, if the weather's nice, wandering around, it's relaxed, you know, and just, it's just talking to people, you know. Oh, I can only spend five minutes of it. We need to spend, like, say, 15, 20 minutes talking to someone. So that leaves them in a better place than we found them. Hey, happy days. That, that, that. That, that, that is a goal, to, to leave them in a better place. We had a bit of bunch about football, about the weather, whatever, whatever they feel, you know, on a scale of 10, if they're on a two, if they're a four now, happy days. Well, I have to say, Robert, your enthusiasm is actually so contagious. But, it's, that, but it is, it's true, I believe it. I just believe, I just, just want to change the world, you know, I just mm. want to make, just make the world a better place two or three hours on a Saturday, say, hey, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you talk to someone and they wound themselves up, not speak to anyone, and have a bit of tonic bar, sandwich in one hand, chat about a bit of football, and you're leaving in a better place. Well, you're doing it, mate. Um, It's been so lovely having you on. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's amazing having you and Sammy on the walk. It's really cool. 
by having different people, we, we by having different volunteers walk with us, it sort of gives the walk a different vibe. And you bring skills that other people don't have, and you listen, you came with us, and you, you're about them, and you show respect. It's good that, you know, you came, and you're just, like, open. It was really cool. And, that, and that's all we want. And hopefully, you know, you go back and you think, yeah, we made a bit of a difference, you know. Like I say, you've got some personal issues going on. And it doesn't buy, by doing what, it doesn't sort of hide those. It just puts them to a side for a period of time where you can – Give something to someone else and just chat and just make yourself, you know, just just feel good. Then 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 you come back to them and sometimes you look at, you know, you look at the problems in a slightly different way, in a more positive way. But the one thing I will say is gratitude. You know, no matter how hard life is, if you have gratitude for your health, your house, your food, life's never that bad. You know, it's when it's poor me, when you're the victim, but you turn that around and say, yeah, gratitude. That's what what it's about. Oh, well, what a lovely note to end that on. And, yeah, and I'd be really interested to know if anybody sort of hears this and joins you guys for a Saturday walk. That'd be really cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Raiders. Hope you enjoyed that. I don't think Robert needed me. He could chat away about any subject you gave him, I reckon. He was such a great guest to speak to. If you do decide to go and have a walk with Action Against Food Poverty, drop me a line on Instagram and let me know how you get on. I can't recommend it enough. It's really admirable work that he's doing. And Raiders, please, if you've got a moment, don't forget to rate subscribe share this podcast and previous episodes it'd be much appreciated until next time raiders goodbye